Welcome to Obsessed by Bobble House. I'm Elaine. And I'm Jana, and we are your hosts of this podcast. In each episode, we'll talk about things in pop culture and media that we're obsessed with. We'll unpack our feelings about the good, the bad, and why they matter. It's Pride Month, so our topic for today is going to be LGBTQ representation in popular media. We're each going to talk about one piece of media that we're totally obsessed with. You know Elaine and I already, but we have a special guest today, Ophelia. Woo! Hi, everyone. Thank (laughs) you for all the, oh my goodness, so much love. Um, I'm so excited to be here. It's like a dream come true to be the first guest of our own podcast. Woo! Yes. And we're totally obsessed with Ophelia because also, by the way, Ophelia is the CEO and co-founder of Bobble House. And she and I are also Bobble House's resident bisexuals. <laughs> <laughs> yes, fresh out of the closet. Oh my God, I love it. How are you feeling about that? Good, yeah. so far so good. My parents are, I are in the phase of don't ask, don't tell, which yes. is one step better mm-hmm. than, you know. So I call that a win. Yeah, yeah. I do. I call that a win too. I'm kind of in the yeah, same place with my parents. Time. I've told yeah. them, I've told them. And I think right now we're just pretending that nothing happened until it becomes a yeah. problem when I bring someone home, but I'm not going to deal with that yet. <laughs> I think time will tell, you know? Yes. Yeah, I works. think time for sure. Shall we? Okay. Yeah. So we're going to listeners, Ophelia and I started talking about our crushes and we got really <laughs> shy and sweaty. So we're going to take a shot of alcohol because that always helps, right? <laughs> yes. We're old and simping. <laughs> yes. We're down bad and we're not dealing with it well. So. No. <laughs> we so okay, sweaty my, right now. I am covered in sweat. <laughs> Like actually not funny. By the way, it's 9:30 where I am, so I'm gonna take a sip of air (laughs) in the morning, by the way. So okay, my greatest superstition is that you have to make eye contact when you cheers. Okay, so where are you making eye contact? Yes, I'm staring. Okay, yes, me too. Okay, cheers, cheers. (laughs) Okay, now I'm ready. Mm -hmm. Oh, you chug that. How have you even made a face? Yeah, really. No, yeah. you did it. You were good. You were very good. Thank you. Ophelia, as our special guest, do you want to go first? What is a piece of LGBTQ plus media that you're totally obsessed with right now? Obsessed. <laughs> so I don't watch a lot of like show about high school. I'm 27 years old, so yeah. I'm a little bit past that. But mm-hmm. my girlfriend and I are obsessed with this British coming of age romantic comedy called Heartstopper on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen it? I watched the first episode and I thought it was super cute and I need to keep watching. Yeah, yeah. It's super, super cute. It like, gives me those like tingly butterfly, like in yeah. high school feelings. Exactly. And it follows Charlie Spring, a gay schoolboy who falls in love with his classmate Nick Nelson, the rugby king, who he sits next to in his new form. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like this kind of like dynamic that you're already like, like, so excited for. Cute. Yeah, the little sparkle. And I think the. The show is so well done and definitely mm-hmm. shows the vulnerability from both character mm-hmm. and not to use the phrase, but I definitely Let's experienced go. the exact same full on gay panic <laughs> <laughs> Yes, in the show. I thought it was really interesting that he's out at the beginning of the show because mm-hmm. I feel like most gay coming of age stories are about the coming out process and like realizing that about your identity right. and so starting there is really unique and really 
I don't know. It's just different. And I think that's kind of more interesting. I feel like we've seen, we haven't really seen that before as much. Yeah, um, absolutely. There's also a couple, a lesbian couple in the show that mm-hmm. it showcases more of what happens after coming out yeah, more than right. before coming out, which is very accurate in a way yeah. because a lot of time, you know, after I came out of the closet with my parents mm-hmm. and to my friends, I'm like, okay, what next? You know? Yeah, that's so true. Mm-hmm. Now what do I do? And you don't know what it's like. Yeah, yeah, come out and experience that. So it's nice to see on screen and be like, okay, so this is what this person's gonna go through, yeah. and this is probably what maybe I would be going through too. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like you think that's the hard part, that coming out is the hard part, but then after you do it, there's so many other emotions and like other mm-hmm. hoops you have to jump through to feel like yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. because all of a sudden they kind of categorize the um the way that she described it is like all of a sudden everyone starts to categorize them as quote-unquote a lesbian couple yes or you know put them in a box in a way but they thought they free themselves out of a stereotype but they somehow jumped into another yeah right right damn Damn, that's deep (laughs) (laughs) it's so it's kind of sad it's like you get you leave the closet and you come out and you liberate yourself and then you're left with all this weight of like okay now I need to tell everyone like my friends my family Mm -hmm. like what are they gonna think are they gonna think about me differently does that do you think that like changes you Mm -hmm. of how they see you as well yeah Yeah. and as much as your friends support you and your loved ones support you some Uh of them are just gonna act different it's just gonna be right yeah it was actually my 20 year old intern told me that mm-hmm. I, I asked her, I was like, and I don't, I don't know where we're talking about this conversation, but I asked her, you know, like, what if I feel attraction towards the same sex or towards um, a girl, mm-hmm. but right. I am not ready to develop a relationship or yeah. I'm not ready to kiss her and stuff like that. And she's yeah. like, that's totally okay. Yeah. And then coming from someone that didn't even flinch or didn't even, you know, like, yeah, of course, like however you are, that's totally okay. And you yeah. don't have to define yourself by bi or pan or yeah. you know, all these Whatever. new words. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, oh my goodness, this young generation. Go girl. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I have so much faith in the younger generations to just like make it way easier than it was for us. Yeah, I think you know, that means we're we old. Just- <laughs> you're not old we are the crypt keeper compared to you elaine <laughs> no i think it's just we accept more like fluidity and accept yeah. that not everything is black and white yeah we accept like mm-hmm. everyone's going through a process right yeah. Yeah. so it's mm-hmm. not like oh today i have a tingly feeling about a girl tomorrow i have to introduce her to my parents right mm-hmm. right right right. everything mm-hmm. is a process i think is what I see now and like talking to my friends it's all like everything is a fluid process I actually like have a theory and this is like this is nothing that we don't have to put into it (laughs) but you know how like people evolved human evolved out of um animal because of language right Mm -hmm. and I think Mm -hmm. this generation are the ones that evolve from language to feeling wow because all of a sudden it's okay to not express it into words yes they it was like our our generation had developed the language and then now they can take the language and develop something else from that that's even yeah more like even where, better exactly where the language 
language doesn't have to be quote unquote defined a certain way because like right. once you put it into the language, it's black and white, exactly right. what you said. But when it's just a feeling, again, it's a process, then you it can just be a feeling that you feel or something, a journey that you're going through. And then it's just yeah. a mental state, right? Okay. That, My mind is blown. Yeah, that makes sense though. <laughs> I can go next. So the piece of media that I am obsessed with is Fire Island. Have you guys seen it? Yes, 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 yes. It's so good. good. Have you seen it, Ophelia? No, I have not. So basically, it's a romantic comedy. It just came out on Hulu this month. So it's an adaptation of Pride and Prejudice, but it's set on Fire Island, written by and stars Joel Kimbooster. It also features the iconic Miss Margaret Cho, and Uh. she really feels like the mom of the group. Like she kind of like rounds everyone up every year to bring them back to the house um yeah and that's so, gonna be me that's gonna that's my dream that's gonna be me I want to come to the house can I come to the house yeah can we come yes. to the house yes I can't wait <laughs> so okay yeah so a big focus of the film is the relationship between Joel Kim Booster and Bowen Yang who are the Elizabeth and Jane of this version um and they make it really clear that they're the closest of the group from the beginning for mm-hmm. quote-unquote obvious reasons so I'm gonna play this clip for you guys then there's Howie the best of us on almost every level. He deserted me a few years ago for some cush startup job in San Francisco, but he still makes it back every year for this trip. Arvon goes a little deeper than everyone else's for complex spiritual reasons, and, well... Oh, Jackie Chan, hey, you got a refill here, bud? All the obvious ones, too. So, okay, that was like two, three minutes into the movie. I'm... So- I would say one minute. Yeah, it was like- <laughs> I'm sobbing by this point of the movie. I was just like really overwhelmed. I knew this was going to hit me hard, that this movie was going to hit me hard. I'm a huge fan Mm. of like 90% of the people that are in it too. Um, Mm. And I knew it was going to hit me hard, but I was just like really overwhelmed at how, Mm. I don't know, just seeing these like these two gay Asian men be Mm -hmm. the leads of this movie like they're not side characters they're not like someone's best friend Mm -hmm. they're both yeah they they lead this movie they're the main characters and And they're fully developed yeah characters are so flushed out and yeah like there's a real backstory and real struggle of what they're going through as Asian gay people right their friendship is just so beautiful and like their friend group all of it just like reminded me of my friends so much so I was like I was unwell by this point in the movie (laughs) it was so so sweet like Uh, such a sweet friendship to have on screen and the dynamic that they have is so real it feels like they're they've been friends forever maybe they have and they are no they are in real life and so I think that's why it came through so clearly and it feels so natural yeah natural and special um yeah and then okay so the Mr. Darcy of Fire Island is (laughs) Conrad Ricamora who is Filipino and he's so hot he's so So hot hot. he's such a good Darcy yeah he's yeah that's like the Darcy way like he's like really standoffish and closed off seeming and then you find out he's just like really protective about over the people he cares Mm -hmm. he cares about they have such good chemistry and I love like the enemies to lovers like starting off on the wrong foot trope it's it's so rom-commy and I, I love it that's beautiful yeah, and they also talk about really important stuff like class and race issues, and mm-hmm. it displays kind of the complexities of being a gay guy, like a gay yeah. adult yeah. in yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the modern world. Uh-huh. So there's so such a diversity of friends and people on the island, mm-hmm. and I I didn't 
know that such serious like class and race issues maybe I was ignorant even in like the gay community mm-hmm. that there it was so apparent that what was the quote that they had in the movies oh um no fats no femmes no Asians yeah. literally and I was like what Damn, this is kind of harsh that's the yeah. thing I've, I've heard this before that that's like people will put that on like their grinder profile like as their bio I know it's rough mm. wow it's hard to hear but on a fun note, I loved <laughs> learning about like, so Noah translates what the snob gay people are saying, like, um, basically, like, how can I help you when they enter the party? Mm-hmm. It's just a ba- way to say F off. Yeah. <laughs> and they like really showed the backroom scenes of these parties as well, which was really, it was, it was horny. It just showed like all the <laughs> horniness of this movie. It was yeah. so funny. I did love, I was talking to someone about this, about how I think it's important that there is sex, frankly, in queer films, because I feel like, like perfect example, I would say is call me by your name. There's like a pretty like yeah. explicit sex scene between Timothy Chalamet and a girl. And then there's nothing explicit at all. Like it's like, it's more taboo to show gay sex versus straight sex. And I think mm-hmm. it's really important that that was included. The romance is obviously super important, but the overarching theme and like the takeaway for me was like the importance of community and like chosen family and the people who aren't your blood but who you would do anything for yeah that's very important in the asian family specific i think for the lgbtq community just because that there is an extra boundary or extra weight on there right your chosen family is your support system right they act as your family to be there for you yeah and like asian queer asian people have such a specific set of like traumas (laughs) traumas <laughs> yes yeah but we have so much that we can History, relate to each other about emotion. yeah that like other people might not understand and it's finding that is so important romantic love is important obviously but the love you get from your best friends and from your community is so important too mm-hmm. yeah that is really important I think mm-hmm. talking about Jana has a sneaky little TikTok story that she, do you want to share it? Okay. That makes it sound like it's really sexy. It's not sexy. It's actually really sad. <laughs> so, so yeah, I made a TikTok that I made private immediately after because I got self-conscious, but God. yeah, essentially what I said was that for me, especially like my trying to figure out my sexuality was really lonely because I felt like I needed to have it all figured out before I brought anyone else in on it. So I was like, before I tell anyone, I need to be 100% sure. I need to do this, this, this. Like I need to like, I, and I need to do this alone. Like I can't tell anyone about it until I figure it out, which is not true. So my TikTok was basically saying that when you're in the closet, it is okay to bring other people into the closet with you. Oh, really sweet. <laughs> so yeah. Basically, that makes sense though. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just feel like, yeah, you you don't have to try and figure it out alone. Like there's someone who will be there for you who wants to like talk it through with you for sure. Yeah. Right. And I think it also brings in a new perspective. So you're not having a full on gay panic and Googling yes. what is it's gay. always Googling. Like, what is, what is gay? <laughs> <laughs> like am I am I gay? Am yeah. I not gay? Like, you know, you know, like those like gay quiz on BuzzFeed. Yes. <laughs> where yes. it tells you like what percentage of gay yeah. are you? I need to take that. I'm curious. But who was the first person that you talked to about feeling this way? I actually, I'm kind of weird about it. And I, well, I'm weird about it because I don't think it's weird. So what I do essentially is I just let it slip in conversation. I very, (sighs) the only people that I've like outwardly been like, I am bi 
and you need to know this about me is my parents and my sisters only like immediate family that's known me like my whole life and doesn't mm-hmm. didn't know that about me mm-hmm. um but generally speaking it's just not a big deal so I just like to like let it slip in conversation you can do whatever you yeah. want with that information like I it's out there and like I don't care I'll just be like oh yeah I matched with this girl on tinder in conversation. I don't know why hey. I'm playing with this haircut. Um, <laughs> She's a little and, shy talking about her Tinder matches. I continue Aww. to be covered in sweat. Um, it's it's not a big deal. Like at the end of the day, I'm like, this is such a small part. And I also think that why does it fall on me to have a weird, awkward conversation with you about mm. something that has nothing to do with you? Like, why yeah. do I have to be uncomfortable and make sure I'm explaining myself right when I actually don't care? Like, I don't care. Like I know. So it doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't concern anyone else who you love and who you yeah. exactly. do stuff with. <laughs> who I'm sucking and fucking. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> All right. Should we cut that out? We can cut that out. <laughs> yeah. No, don't cut it out. Pop okay. Off. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, there was a thing on, I saw this on TikTok, right? Uh-huh. It's just, um, it's a trend that like, I'm just going to assume everyone is bi or curious or mm. on the spectrum mm-hmm. until they come out to me as their straight. Do you that. think like, because of all this representation on media that it's mm-hmm. made it a little bit easier to just slip those um, little bits into the normal conversation? Like, oh, this girl that I matched with on Tinder. Do you think yeah. media has helped that? Yeah, I definitely think so. I think just like seeing, seeing it is, is always going to make it feel more natural to you, you know, mm-hmm. exposure. Yeah. That's yeah. So funny that you said that because yeah. I feel like my parents definitely blame the Western media on my, ah, really? yeah. So there was one incident of my father. We were watching Queer Eyes. Love that mm-hmm. show. Yeah. Yes. And when they, I think they were talking about like her relationship as well as queer marriage. I think my dad's instant reaction was like, ill or like, oh, my yeah. God. oh yeah. And then I was like, oh, what is that? Like, not what is that? It's like, as in like, oh, why is that, you know, disgusting? Like, love is love is love. Uh-huh. And I think he just think that I watched too much of this show. Oh. <laughs> that actually yeah. goes into the next obsession. Yeah. I recently watched Everything Everywhere all at once. It just felt like it captured bits of my life and like yeah. bits of my relationship with my parents yeah. that were so real oh it stars michelle yo and ki hui kwan mm-hmm. and i honestly don't really know how to summarize this movie you literally can't um you have to go yeah it. i don't think so but i can start with the catalyst which is basically the rupture of the multiverse which tears apart evelyn's life evelyn is the main character played mm-hmm. by michelle yo mm-hmm. So she's currently dealing with a whole lot. So her dad visiting town from China, mm-hmm. her taxes, her laundromat, and a potential divorce with her husband and learning to accept her daughter's new girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And I was sobbing in the cinema because I think the core of this movie is Evelyn's relationship with her daughter, Joy. Mm-hmm. And in another universe, Joy is the main villain, Jobu Tabaku. <laughs> Um, who wants to destroy the multiverse with her everything black hole bagel. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the writer's way of personifying depression and sadness and anger that yeah. Joy feels with Evelyn's continued silent disapproval of her girlfriend. Mm-hmm. It made me cry. Just like the bits of them just sitting in the car and yeah. like Evelyn not really listening to Joy about yeah. her like sexuality and the depression that she's 
going through and not getting the support as Evelyn is going through her own things and her own trauma that she's trying to deal with. Yeah. It just really, it hit really close to home and it made me really, really just cry in the cinema with my mask. (laughs) Everything was foggy. Oh, I cried so much. We mentioned this briefly, but that it's like Evelyn and Joy sitting in the car together and like, Mm. you don't really hear anything. You don't hear what they're talking about, but you just see Joy like look away from her mother and like out the window and it's it's just like these small moments with your parents that like small like painful moments of just like not being on the same page but you're yeah. together because like they're your guardians so you're like you're together all the time you don't have like you don't really get the time apart to learn to appreciate each other really you're together all the time and you're just like yeah, yeah you just these these small moments of like discomfort with someone who like you feel doesn't fully understand you but loves you so much and is trying. I think me. it's also because it's her daughter and she raised her daughter, but yet she comes out as gay. I raised this daughter. How come I didn't know mm-hmm. that this was her mm-hmm. sexuality? Like, how come it's so hard for me to accept someone like my daughter who yeah. wants to introduce me to her girlfriend? I think that's what's the most difficult part for Evelyn in, in this movie and why it's so hard for her to accept that. Mm. yeah but I think that also comes from you know I think it's very interesting because the grandpa Mm -hmm. actually plays a much bigger mental role Mm -hmm. than the physical role because you know when Evelyn introduced you know Joy's girlfriend to the grandpa she said oh it's her really good friend Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. yeah and when they were fighting Joy The grandpa kept on saying, oh, just give up. You know, she is evil. Mm. She is the embodiment of emo, uh, emo, evil. (laughs) Uh (laughs) And I think Everlyn, like, you know, Everlyn internalized everything that her father actually taught her. Yeah. And exactly what you said, it's not that she doesn't want to understand her daughter. And it's not that she disapprove of her daughter, but Uh she's actually shocked by how little she actually knows her daughter yeah, right yeah and a lot of grandparents or the previous actually two generations ago of um, Asian culture were perceived um queer as oh you raised your children wrong or yeah. like it's yes. on the parent you know there's yeah. that guilt in there yeah and like she when it shows the flashbacks that Evelyn's dad essentially let her run away with her now husband mm-hmm and, and then later that comes to a head with Evelyn saying like, why did you let me leave? Like I, mm-hmm. yeah, I, she internalized that rejection from her father. And I feel like she's scared of getting rejected again. So she wants to like keep the peace as much as possible, even mm-hmm. if that means not letting her daughter fully be who she is around her father. Yeah. yeah. And I think it also because a really important factor is that they're immigrants. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. When she's talking to the tax the IRS woman, Jamie mm-hmm. Lee Curtis, she's like, why are you using such difficult words that mm-hmm. we can't understand for our taxes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, they're just trying to be accepted in this Western world and yeah. having a homosexual relationship or a gay couple at for your daughter is not seen as an option, right? Mm-hmm. That's not mm-hmm. the norm. That is not something it's like another hurdle for them to right. like jump through. Like and another thing how that makes you different it. and makes it harder. Yeah, for you to exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. In a time that different is bad. You know? Right. The rock scene. I just oh. wanted to mention. Yeah. It was so beautiful. Like it's just a, it's just rocks with subtitles. Yeah. That whole bit. But when Joy decides to just fall off because 
she can't accept herself she can't accept that her parents don't understand her yeah evelyn falls off with her yeah oh my god they love each other so much yeah so much oh the the part where um they have their big argument in the parking lot of the laundromat and Mm -hmm. joy says to evelyn we obviously don't make each other happy. Like when we're together, one of us is always getting hurt. So why would we try to stay together when things only make sense with us for a few moments? And then yes. Evelyn says, and then I will cherish every single one of those moments. Oh my God. Oh, I'm going to start sobbing. <laughs> this, I, this episode, we've been through horniness. We've been through hotness. It's not even over we- yet. <laughs> Like we're going through, like, it's also awesome to see that LGBTQ media can be so diverse, right? Now we have, we feel horny. We feel like, we definitely feel horny. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So we also wanted to hear the thoughts of our bubble house community. We're going to do our first ever call in segment where listeners can send us a message to tell us about a piece of media that they're totally obsessed with. Hi, uh, my name is Juliet. I'm so excited to be here on this episode of Obsessed. Thank you guys so much. Uh, I heard I am the first caller and that's really exciting for me. And I feel like this might be a bisexual cop-out. Like I feel like this is what every bi girl says, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, Jennifer's Body with Megan Fox and Amanda Seyfried was a really big pop culture moment for me. The movie is about two high school girls one is actually like a demon but and i haven't watched it in a while so i couldn't tell you like specific details but i do remember sort of feeling like sort of resonating with some of the possessive feelings that uh, megan fox has over her friend amanda seyfried like i get the possessiveness over a friend who has a boyfriend and i don't really know why it just sort of like resonated with me which is kind of psychotic to say because i'm like oh a demon resonated with me when you grow up and you are femme presenting and you aren't entirely straight i think it's sort of easier to just go with what is accessible to you and i think for a long time for me it was uh heterosexual relationships because it's what in front of you is to be in relationships with men who I don't know, it was just, that's how it was for me. It was really easy and whatever. So yeah, Jennifer's body. Did that make me sound demonic? <laughs> have you guys seen Jennifer's body? No, I unfortunately have not. Okay, she, this movie is big for me. This is huge. <laughs> <laughs> By the um, way, Juliet, that does make you sound a little demonic. No, I <laughs> love it. I love it. Demon. Well, I love what she said, how it was like about focusing on like the possessiveness because okay so something some backstory for this movie is that it's like become a cult classic now but at the time it was like pretty poorly received and a lot of that is because of the way it was marketed and like even the director has said the way that they marketed it like basically set it up to fail so like the trailer and like the poster and like all of the marketing basically made it seem like it was gonna be like a really like male gazy Mm. like objectifying Megan Fox type of movie and then it turns out to be this like intense story about like female friendship and like what is it called compet have you guys heard of this compet compulsory heteronormativity so it's like Juliet was saying basically is like being straight is what's in front of you and it's Mm. what you're used to seeing so you just do it Mm, yeah yeah so that's kind of what like a lot of the discourse about this that movie is but 
Yeah, that I'm so glad she said that. I love this movie so much. I literally bought that DVD from Redbox and I straight up broke it. <laughs> <laughs> the makeout scene, the tension. The, oh my god, the makeout. It. The makeout. I do think that is like the greatest makeout scene in cinema history that I know of, at least. Wow, mm. that's a big statement. I, I have to go watch it now. Yeah, Why? Because it's not male gazy, or is it shot in a way that's more like emotional and intense? It's just really good. That's the only way I can put it. <laughs> they have really good just chemistry. Just really hot. It's really, it's not even just that it's hot. It's really like, it's really intimate and it's very sensual. It's not just sexy. It's sensual. I don't mm. know. That's the magic of Megan Fox. That's just a myth that Another we all want to make out with her. <laughs> of course. Of course. I watched like a quick clip about, of like the makeout scene in Jennifer's body mm-hmm. it does kind of look like two like Disney princess kissing it looks like <laughs> oh I'm not gonna <laughs> lie so it looks like Rapunzel was kissing I have trouble remembering who's like a who has black hair who's a Disney princess Pocahontas? like the, the Hercules who's the oh Megara I Megara. love her <laughs> she's great she's underrated yeah Megara Megan Fox I'm just saying Megara Fox when are we going to get a queer Disney or Pixar movie? I right. have been ready. I want gay princesses. Yes. <gasps> yes. yes. Rebel Wilson actually came out recently on Instagram. And her caption was so beautiful. She said she'd been looking for a prince and she didn't know she's been looking for her. A princess. Oh, she needs a princess. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I saw oh, that. That was really cute. I love that so much. That That's really sweet. Cute. That's a sweet it, way of saying it. Good for Mm -hmm. her. I also feel like people are, I don't know, maybe it's like the COVID of it all, but I feel like people are coming out later and later and not in a bad way. I think life is long and they're just more open to like your life taking a path or like realizing something about yourself later in life. Like it's less, Mm -hmm. it's less about figuring everything out by the time you're 18 or whatever. Yeah. Mm. So we will end this with our one and only segment crush corner listeners we need a jingle for this segment so if you're a music producer or something please slide into our dms let Um, us know we need a sexy jingle yes make it sexy make it really sexy (laughs) make it so sexy it's like a little uncomfortable to listen to that's what i'm looking for like like, yikes (laughs) all right ophelia who are you crushing on Oh my goodness. I think it's been my crush and I recently watched it again with my girlfriend is the older brother Tadashi Hiro Hiro Tadashi from Uh Big Hero 6. So hot. So hot. Isn't it so weird when you think a cartoon character is hot? Yes. No. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's like at the end of the day you are thirsting over pixels, you know? Yeah, but tell me Simba wasn't your sexual awakening. Okay, I did not. Simba feel was not my sexual <laughs> awakening. I will tell All you. Right, Simba never was mind, not my God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but you know who was really hot is um the tiger. Is <laughs> this getting too niche? Okay, I, I need to find a picture. Is of this, this going to the furry community? <laughs> there's a there's a tiger or a lion in Zootopia who oh can get it. Oh hot right oh, is that the one that's voiced by Idris Elba 
I don't know, <gasps> but they did Stop. not. They did not animate like him like this for no reason. Okay, Simba is just my generation of that. Okay, okay. like yes, I yeah, I'm not king shaming. They just never king shaming <laughs> for Zootopia. They drew more details. They did. They put a lot of detail in there. Speaking about animated characters, yes. if anybody watches One Piece, I think uh-huh. my two crushes because I can never choose. It's mm-hmm. either Robin or Zoro. Yes. <sighs> I can't even talk about Zoro without blushing. Like every time my boyfriend and I watch Zoro, I'm like blushing. And he's like, oh my God, it's him again. (laughs) I love it. That should be your Halloween costume. Oh my God. I wanted to do that. Yeah. You need like big, thick tits though. Oh my God. Big, big, breastplate. You need a breastplate. I need those like hip pads as well. Like (gasps) her hips go like Mm -hmm. crazy. And Jana, your crush. My crush, since we're on the topic of animated characters, is Hal from Howl's Moving Castle. <gasps> oh my god! Yeah. I forgot I about him. that. He's so hot. He's... he's so moody. He's so dramatic. He's he... a bit dramatic for me. He's like, oh, uh, beauty. If I'm ugly, it doesn't matter. Like, and then beauty he's covered is in the goo. only thing that matters. Yeah, like he's like sad. Melting. He's covered in goo, and I'm like, well, I get it, 100. <laughs> percent is that also why you want to go blonde? Honestly, I'll add him to my list of inspirations. I have many inspirations for going blonde. Mm. <laughs> my number one, honestly, is um, Lucius Malfoy from Harry Potter. He has a really good icy blonde. Yeah. Golden platinum. Yeah, it's so good. I feel like all Asian girl will go through the blonde phase once. I love yeah. it. Elaine? <laughs> I need to have the money to go through yeah. that phase. That's true. Find yeah. a sugar daddy or mommy. Yeah, or sugar, sugar non-binary. <laughs> yeah, sugar, <laughs> sugar thumb. And that's all for today, folks. Yes, thank you so much for tuning into Obsessed by Bob Labs. Thank you to Ophelia for joining us on this very, very special episode. Yes. Uh, and that's all. <laughs> bye. Thank Cute. you. Very cute. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>